I'm Jeffrey Wright, and you're listening to Mission Daily. Selected as best of 2018 by Apple, Mission Daily is the number one podcast for accelerated learning. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mission Daily. And in today's episode, we're back into Relationship Week. We're talking about the book, The Four Agreements, and how you can apply them in your life. Today's episode, we're talking about agreements number three and four. So the third one is don't make assumptions. Yes. So assuming how much trouble has that gotten us in? <laughs> A lot. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the human tendency, right, is to imagine and extrapolate based on a couple symbols or a couple of words that you hear. And after we've talked about the first two agreements, I think now this is the perfect place to obviously talk about the third one because assumptions tear you out of the present moment. They cause a lot of distress. And so often when we don't have all the context that another person has, we don't know what's going on in that person's universe. So there's a tendency to extrapolate and start to imagine all kinds of different scenarios and really, we just have to pause, stop assuming, um, because assuming is what draws us into what the author calls hell. And it, it is a hell. of uh, It's literally a hallucination. Very rarely are we completely accurate in our um, imaginings. Yep. Yeah, that's something that I know you and I have talked about a lot because it's so easy, especially in a relationship, and especially when you have a new kid or something, assuming when things are getting a little bit stressful, being like, you should have known to do this, or you know, you should know what I'm feeling, or so-and-so is definitely doing this intentionally against me, like, and creating a story around the issue that's happening instead of um, asking questions and trying to you know, be genuinely interested in why the person said something the way they did, especially if they weren't being impeccable with their word, mm-hmm. just questioning kind of what's happening and their words. Definitely, and so when we're starting to practice doing this in our own lives, just start asking more questions. When the tendency to assume and imagine comes up in your relationships, just ask questions. Go to questions every single time and questions are going to lead you to a place of empathy, of curiosity. And from that place, you can start to come together and get more context about what's going on in that other person's world, whether they're your friend or spouse or whatever the case is. Yeah. And I really liked from the book when it talked about when you start assuming And then you actually end up getting hurt because it's, you know, spiraling or snowballing into a problem. And then you start sending emotional poison to that person and creating an even worse environment. I like the words they use because they at least stick in my head of, oh, my gosh, I don't want to send emotional poison to someone just because I'm feeling hurt. Why don't I try and uncover why I'm feeling hurt and see if they even meant to do that or, you know, we're just really quick and wanted to get something out real quick and, you know, give you the context really quick. You do that to me all the time. Where, you know, sometimes I get a little bit offended. Like, why are you talking so fast? Why are you so intense about something? And trying to always remember, okay, ask questions because maybe, you know, maybe Chad needs to go to the gym and he's trying to get out of here really quickly and give me the context really fast and just starting to think a little bit more about how to question what's happening in our life instead of assuming. That's a great example because so often I get frustrated because I can't, I mean, words are imperfect. It takes a long time to communicate your actual intentions behind words and you know choosing them is already difficult enough so oftentimes i get very frustrated when i can't instantly transmit context and my intentions and thought process behind something and it's uh it's a big challenge for for anyone so 
I appreciate you. I've, de- I've noticed that in the past couple of weeks, you've asked way more questions because transitioning from Google to mission full-time. Woohoo! Oh yeah, for oh, anyone man, who doesn't know, relief. I've been full-time at Google for a little over three years now. And next week I will be full-time at the mission. No more late nights and weekends for me. <laughs> I'll be here. And to anyone listening that wants to join the mission team, Steph is interviewing and talking with applicants all the time, every single day. So yep. if you're a creator, whether a writer, a podcaster, a host, or a marketer, or generally anyone who is a cool person, reach out to her and um, she's yep. she would love to talk to you. Yep. Stephanie at mission.org. Email me. All, all right. right. Our big let's side tangent. Yeah. Yes. So, so let's, let's talk about five ways to start practicing basically getting out of the trap of assumptions and to a place of curiosity, which curiosity is healing for any relationships. And curiosity is the foundation on which relationships that last a long time are built. Yeah. So the first one, how to practice this, right? Yes. So the first one we were thinking about was tally up how many times you've assumed something that wasn't true versus how many times you've assumed it and it has been true. Which yes. in my case, it's usually the latter where <laughs> I assume something and it never was true. And, you know, you're like, what do you mean? I never felt that way or that wasn't my feelings. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure I can read your mind and I know exactly who you are. And a lot of times it's not true. Yeah. So Peter Drucker's quote about what gets measured gets managed. And it's very important that you have a an accurate measurement over your choices. And, and you the only way you can really see your biases is through, you know, with the help of another and then with the help of taking personal inventory on yourself and being really objective about, okay, I speculated wildly all these different times. I made a bunch of assumptions. How did that work out? And it's not fun to reflect on that. It could be pretty uh, ego crushing, but it's a, it's a great way to get started. Yep. All right. Idea number two is to talk out loud about the pain that the assumptions have caused to you personally. So every time you've made an assumption, review it, just like you're saying, measure it. And how did I feel afterwards? And how long did it last with me? Kind of like what I was mentioning in the past episode of how long did you keep thinking about it? And it kept digging and digging Mm -hmm. and digging deeper into you because of one assumption you made that actually was never true. Yeah. And if this one's hard, just think about other people who you know who have made assumptions that have gone on for years that have turned into grudges. Assumptions Time doesn't heal assumptions. Time can magnify them and they can metastasize into grudges that span decades and destroy families. And don't let that happen to you. Yep. Number three, think of one person who you assume something about and where that assumption actually ended up poisoning your relationship. So a good point that I'm thinking about is, you know, when someone doesn't respond to my text or my Mm -hmm. email or, you know, you miss an email from someone, maybe because you change email accounts or something and you're like, man. That person must not like me anymore. Like, and it just spirals into this whole narrative that's actually not true, all because of one simple assumption you made from the very start, just based on technology a lot of times, how someone said something, an emoji they used. Like, there's so many reasons, but that's those are all great examples there. So think about that. And if you are feeling particularly motivated today, communicate with someone and bring this up. Be brutally honest about what you assumed and uh, apologize. It can feel very liberating because oftentimes with that apology comes the recognition that that other person in the relationship has made assumptions as well. Yep. All right. You want to number four? Yeah. So number four is 
when you do start to make assumptions, try to take out the judgment and negativity from them and just change it into a question. So always go for questions. I know we've said this before, but repetition is the only way that you learn. And repetition and just reminding yourself that when assumptions come up, when negativity comes into your mind, just put turn it into questions. And questioning can put you into a mindful and resourceful state. And that is a state from which you can act and make wise decisions. Yep. Which kind of ties into number five, which is the next time you assume, just become curious. And I like this when we were talking about it because actually becoming curious, why are you assuming something and finding what is that assumption providing me? Is it actually creating paranoia? Is it me projecting myself or my feelings or emotions onto someone else? Is it an excuse? Is it uh, laziness? Because oftentimes assumptions provide us with excuses for why we don't do something or why we don't pick up the phone. And oftentimes it's just laziness and humans are cognitive misers. That's a result of our evolutionary baggage. And don't fall into the laziness trap with your relationships. You have to be proactive to keep them healthy just like plants or a garden require pruning, relationships are the same way. So think about what your assumptions are providing you. Be really honest with yourself. And if they're just you know providing you an excuse for action, don't allow that. Take action. Yep. All right. So don't assume. Number three. And now into the fourth agreement is always do your best. Yes. Which I love thinking about every day. Everything I do is what is my best? Yeah. And what the author of the four agreements points out that's important to remember is this isn't a call for perfectionism. This is a call to be very gentle on yourself and realize that what is your best ebbs and flows over time. So if you've only slept three hours last night, like, you know, like I (laughs) I did and like we did, you have to be patient with yourself. You have to bring forth your best efforts, but also recognize that Maybe I'm not my sharpest. Maybe I'm not going to be as good as I was that night. I got eight hours of sleep and I dreamt and had wonderful, refreshing REM sleep. So reflect on where you're at and push yourself, but don't fall into the trap of perfectionism. Yeah, I really like that, especially for um, new working moms as well. Just thinking through how what my best look like, you know, pre-baby of I could do this, this, this and work out every day. And, you know, I just had a crazy great schedule to then comparing that to, you know, what I look like now, like what I'm doing now, what I'm able to accomplish, realizing, like you said, I'm in a different stage of life. There's different things going on in my life right now. And what my best looks like today with Grayson is very different than what it looked like 11 months ago. And that's okay because maybe what I'm doing now is even more important than what I thought was super important 11 months ago. So I love just being gentle with yourself and realizing that it's different depending on the stage of your life, the month, how you're feeling, your sleep, everything. Yes. And when you're thinking about those things, it's easy to fall into the trap of my best is going to decline with age. My best is going to decline with responsibilities. That's not the case at all. The wonderful thing about business and life is it is possible to become wise. It's not out of your reach. You can continue to become wise. And when you do, you can make far better choices. You can allocate your time in a brand new way. So don't feel fear about age. Don't think that you're never going to be able to do what you did at a certain age, maybe physically, but oftentimes the the best is yet to come. Yeah. Love it. Should we move into the five ideas to start practicing how to do our best? Yes. So the first one is the idea of always doing your best 
feels completely exhausting if you're in a state of burnout. So recognize, are you burnt out right now? Have you not been sleeping for a couple of days, weeks, years? If so, you have to take time out to recover. So you're not going to know what your best is like. You're not going to remember the feeling of being at peak mental clarity or effectiveness unless you fully recover from burnout. Yep. Love that. And I think that ties well into number two, to do your best at recovery and recharge. Yes, that's first. the <laughs> right. That's the first thing that people kind of forget is recovery and figuring out your biology and your genetics and what diet is best for you and what type of schedule is best for you. That process takes years and you have to be very patient with yourself as you explore this. So instead of thinking about trying to do your best in the burnout state you're in now, devote the limited amount of resources and mental energies you have towards optimizing your recovery. That's the place where you're going to get the highest yield. Yep. And that's a good reminder for me to bring up how you're doing that right now with getting to bed earlier and realizing, you know, you need more sleep. And yeah, this last week was, I did a great job of that. Last night was the only anomaly in, uh, in my sleep. Yeah. So that's a, yeah, you're doing what you're preaching. You're focusing on recovery. Trying to. And recharging. So number three here is to stop thinking about what your best is. Don't think as much as you just take action. So block out distractions and just take action. So it's easy to think and start judging everything. Is this my best? Is it not my best? Or worrying about it. You have the idea. You have some sort of goal. So just take action and stop overanalyzing things. Overanalysis can stop a lot of um, serendipitous things from happening. So don't judge yourself too harshly as you jump into it. Yep. All right. Number four, don't multitask. So do one thing at a time until it's completely finished. Because you're probably doing your best work when you're able to focus on one thing. When you try to multitask, there's uh, something called context switching, which is just completely drains your mental energies and your willpower. So don't context switch all throughout the day. Try to just do one task at a time until it's completed. That's uh, focus is uh, in many ways a superpower in our ultra distracted world. So just do one thing at a time. Yeah, I love that. So number five, actually, this one's my favorite. Stop worrying about who gets credit or how you're going to be rewarded. Yes. So this is an impediment to doing your best. So when we think sometimes, well, I'm only going to do my best if we're already falling into a trap of assumption or assuming that the other person isn't going to do their best and doing our best is what gives others the permission to do their best. You've heard it said that you can get anything you want in life if you help enough people get what they want. And it's true here as well. You will get the best from others. They will bring their best selves forward if you start and extend the olive branch first. Yep. And you'll always be rewarded for doing your best work. That's what I always remind myself and other people. I've seen a lot of people in the workplace say, you know, I'll only do this, this, and this, like this level of work if it gets me promoted if it gets me a higher salary and trying to remind them like you should first focus on doing your best because it makes you feel good and you're going to come into work excited every day because of that but then you will get you know all those benefits and the promotions and all that stuff by coming to work and doing that to start you can't just kind of you know say like i'll only do it if i get this type of like external compensation or acknowledgement so true and we have a bonus idea here which it's entirely possible that you have no idea what your best is now. So 
In previous episodes of Mission Daily, you can go back and hear Steph and I talking about the idea that it's possible to create a future and create a future self that is unrecognizable to you today. The future can be better than you can ever imagine right now. So it's the same with your best efforts and your skills. It's very hard for humans to think about what's going to compound and think exponentially. We tend to think linearly about things. So your best now isn't going to be what your best is in a couple of years. So have faith that what your best is next year is going to be entirely different. And when in doubt, the great philosopher Lil Wayne says, oh my gosh. I'm the best yet, coming. and yet my best is yet to come, or something like that. But Wait, what did he say? Say it again. I'm the best yet, and yet my best is yet to come. There you go. Just channel your little little Wayne. So this episode, to summarize, the third agreement, don't assume, and the fourth agreement, always be your best, whatever that means to you. Yeah, so do your best, and remember what your best is in a year could be completely unrecognizable. All right, we'll see you guys in tomorrow's episode. See you tomorrow for the fifth agreement. Mission Daily and all of our podcasts are created with love by our team at mission.org. We own and operate a network of podcasts and a brand and story studio designed to accelerate learning. Our clients include companies like Salesforce, their customer times five, Twilio, and Katera, who work with us because we produce results. To learn more and get our case studies, check out mission.org slash studios. If you're tired of media and news that promotes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and if you want an antidote to all that chaos, you're at the right place. Subscribe here and to our daily newsletter at mission.org. Each morning, you'll get a newsletter that will help you start your morning and your day off right. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.